Big Fluff. Tenderheart, Tenderheart, the caring meter dropped two whole points. <gasps> A lot of people must have suddenly just stopped caring. Oh, what could have caused that? The same thing that caused the cloud quake. A boy named Nicholas is being taken over by an evil spirit. An evil spirit? So what happens when the caring meter drops to zero? No one in the world will care anymore. I think that's exactly what the spirit has in mind. Oh my gosh, I forgot. I've cited parents for you at the orphanage. They want to adopt you both. Congratulations, Kim and Jason. Come on, Grumpy. Let's warm up the rainbow rescue beam. Kim and Jason have to get back in a hurry. Hear that, Jason? Parents. Yeah, I thought we'd never have parents. Hi, everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And we really care about finding the silver linings for movies. It's something we really care about. We really care, and you all bear with us as we occasionally digress off the topic at hand. And then uh, back we really to it. care that you bear with us. Yeah. You might say that we have some sort of Care Bear going on. Because we might. watched the Care Bears movie from 1986 <laughs> or 1985, sorry. Yes, we watched the Care Bears uh, movie. As part of our continuing look at. Uh, 90 minute toy commercials that were at least discussed about being released in theaters. Although this one did actually get a theatrical release. And it made money, baby. So much so that they said, let's do it this for Transformers. And then Transformers made a little bit of money. And they said, let's not do it for G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yep. Can but we that's, also. That's it. I think we. So obviously. The biggest thing this month, and again, the the idea is it's November. Uh, we are doing what America does, and we're just already looking ahead to Christmas. Uh, and so this is all very toy motivated. But I think after last week, and then now this week, we do need to thank another uh, thing for this month, and that's cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing makes a great movie like copious amounts of cocaine and unbridled capitalism. Yeah, I mean, the 80s, if you wanted to pick two things to define the entire decade, those would be the two things. Yes, the two C's of the 80s, cocaine and capitalism. In that order. Yes. <laughs> but it's, look, I thought after the Transformers movie, which I had seen as a kid, and I had never seen this Care Bears movie, but I was like, that's as wild as it gets. Because the G.I. Joe movie, too, uh, which we were in the month Joe with. G.I. Joe movie is wild is wild a man turns into a snake in that movie there's but, a guy that walks around that it with like a giant spore but then that reveals that he's a lower snake man yeah so that he's like a snake centaur but that's only the third most bonkers movie that we're watching this month and the one that i thought was the winner was transformers but 
it pales in comparison to the sheer audacity of the <laughs> Care Bears movie. This movie is bananas. Yeah, let's try to B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Sorry. Uh, but let's try to recap because I, I we were talking about it before, too, that it was very hard to pick a clip at the beginning because every scene and you can see it in that clip. Like, where do you stop that clip? I we kind of arbitrarily had to pick it because every scene is insane. Every scene has that much happening in it. And I think I like that one because it recaps as much of the plot as possible and also completely turns on a dime from we are all going to die to. to oh, my hey, God, orphans. you have parents. By the way, orphans forgot to tell you, you have parents. But uh, but let's try to take a crack at like zeroing in the, the clip hinted at it. But let's see if we can break it down. So we start with Mickey Rooney. <laughs> Voicing a character. With our, our, our framing our framing narrative where Mickey Rooney is the proprietor of an orphanage mm -hmm. uh, with a bunch of orphans and uh, his wife tucks them in. Yeah. And then they're like, isn't Mr. Cherry Blossom or Cherry Bottom, whatever the name was, going to Cherrywood. That was the name. Cherrywood. Mm hmm. Going to tuck us into. And he's like, oh, he'll be up in time. And he comes in juggling like a maniac, telling the kids to follow the bouncing balls. They are not bouncing, folks. No. He's juggling them. Right. So already just riddled with errors. <laughs> uh, the goof section of IMDb.com, which I have a bone to pick with in a minute about this movie. But <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, he begins telling them this story and immediately drives home the point that all the kids he's telling the story to don't have parents. Yeah. And like, and like really wants to remind them. Yeah. As if they don't know. And then the story that he's going to tell them is about kids that don't have parents. Right. Just really, uh, really holding it over their heads that this is an orphanage. And don't you and, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> and these kids are so upset that they don't have parents that they've stopped caring. Yeah. Also, by the way, I, I know that this is not unique to these two things, but I do have to point out that. I really like the show AP Bio, and I couldn't stop thinking of Katie Holmes Day, which has the exact same structure as this, which it starts with a man in an orphanage telling a story of Katie Holmes. And that's all I could think with the beginning of this movie. So just in case anyone else was thinking that you're not alone now um, and writers of that episode. We know where we we were on to you. <laughs> I think so. Like, I think that that is because it's identical. The structure. It is a bunch of orphans sitting at the knee of a man who runs the orphanage telling them a story. It's the it's structurally identical. So, again, maybe it's not unique to these two things. But I do think that Mike O'Brien and the other writers of AP Bio might have seen the Care Bears movie and been influenced by it. There's a chance. So, uh. Now, the, the, our narrator, Nikki, Mickey Rooney, does let everybody know that this is the story of the Care Bears. And then um, it's the narrative it sort of implies that the kids hearing the story already know about the Care Bears because there is precious little introduction. That's just we just hit the ground running. There's a bunch of bears. Yeah, they accept they got, the, the they idea. got a bunch of various marks on their bellies, a little heart tattoo on their butt. And uh, each Care Bear has a characteristic about, you know, some positive attribute plus a grumpy bear. But 
yeah, I'm sure Mickey Oakbottom or whatever that runs the orphanage has told them about Care Bears before. So yes, but this it is, is weird. And I mean, we've kind of already said this, but just to restate it, it's weird that he spends more time explaining the idea of orphans to orphans than Care Bears. Right. Because <laughs> I, I mean, that is implies that these orphans are more aware of what it means to for Care Bears to exist than what it means to be an orphan. That's the world we're living in, folks. That's the world this movie is set in. That is what is happening. Yes. But so so we get into this story with the Care Bears. And they, yeah, so there's two kids that you heard them in the clip that they their parents. I'm not uh, laughing at the idea that their parents have died, but their parents have died. And then because of that, they don't want to love the Care Bears or anyone else because they've been hurt before. Right. And they almost make it sound like the kids are upset at their parents for dying. Like yes. the parents had a choice in the matter. Maybe they did. And we don't know the details. Maybe. maybe yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, quite frankly. Uh, I don't care what Care Bear cousin is leading the way. Spoilers for a little bit later. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, the Care Bears up in Carolot uh, are... I'm trying to invent the Bifrost. Yes, right? That's exactly what I thought, too. It's definitely the Bifrost. They want a way to go from their world to Midgard. Yeah. Um, an idea that I had that I don't want to pursue was, should we try to match up the Care Bears to their correspondence in Norse mythology? Uh, that's, for, that's a BuzzFeed list. So BuzzFeed, if you want to pay us to write that list, we will. And we'll listicle. make a quiz, which... Just to be yeah, clear. Yeah, listicle, yeah. Uh, which we'll even make a quiz. Which Norse deity slash Care Bear are you? We'll write that quiz for you too, BuzzFeed. So holler at your boys. I think Odin is grumpy. I think I can give that one for free. I was kind of leaning toward possibly Loki being grumpy because he's a little bit of an outcast. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't like. <laughs> but th that it does sort of fall apart after that. Odin is for sure grumpy, but. Is Grumpy Bear really the leader? Because I think Tender Heart Bear is the leader. You know, I got to admit that I don't know enough about the Care Bears. We should also probably put those cards on the table at the beginning. Yeah. Is that like neither you nor I, as I understand it, were this is not a show that we watched as kids. So, like, I'm not super no, familiar I, with the I Care was, Bears. I mean, obviously, they were ubiquitous cultural icons of the 1980s, like toys. I'm sure I had a Care Bear toy, like a stuffed Care Bear in my house. I'm sure that existed. I had definitely had friends that had Care Bears. Weren't uh, there, yeah, I am, there were hard plastic ones, too, right? Like, I, have a I memory. think that's the one. I think that's what I had is I had the I think I had the Grumpy Bear hard plastic one. Yeah. That was like more like an action figure than a plush toy. But yeah, like, no, I, I definitely was familiar with the character designs. I'm familiar with the gif from this movie of them all doing uh, the Care Bear stare in the line. And that just shows that the, you know, the amount of cocaine tape made consumed to make this movie made them think that staring meant shooting lasers out of your belly. I do have a question. And again, so if you're a big Care Bear fan and you're listening to this, pardon my ignorance, but is it sort of fatalism in that like, so when you're a Care Bear, are you born with an emblem on your stomach that's sort of like astrology or something like that determines your personality for your life? Or are you as a Care Bear born with a bear stomach, no pun intended, uh, B-A-R-E to be clear. And then as your personality is defined, is it like a tattoo or does it appear 
like do, do you not get the emblem until it is everyone knows who you are or does it like organically form once your personality is developed so that's an interesting point and i think uh you know what to what level determinism is factored into the care bear mythos is really important to discuss because there's a lot of different ways you can look at it because you have uh the two baby care bears baby hugs and baby tugs that both have <laughs> emblems on their tummies right so we know that it's at least from a young age but there are also the care bear cousins the different other species of animals that are essentially care bears with a different head of, a, of another animal that's not a bear uh that do not have tummy marks until later in the movie when they meet up with the Care Bears and then uh, Braveheart Lion and Lots of Heart Elephant and uh, Throws Poo Heart Monkey uh, all get their little marks on their tummies. You know what I thought was cool about them is like they seemed necessary. Like, you know, you watch the movie like this, it's designed to sell toys and you want to be skeptical, but you're like these new animals that they're introducing that are like Care Bears, but different, but also have emblems on their stomach. They're important to the story and that's why they're here. And right. I like that. They about are them. definitely not commercialism personified. <laughs> they're not just, okay, we've sold as many bears as we can. How about a monkey? <laughs> It's like, what if we, what if they weren't bears? <laughs> what if it was a hippo? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, but definitely yeah, so, not blatant commercialism. Okay, but so, yeah, the, so the Care Bears are building the Bifrost. We've set that up and we set up that they're the two orphans that have forgotten how to love. But we haven't talked about the Thanos of this story, which is a young boy who's a magician's apprentice for a carnival i guess and yes he finds a i'm gonna call it a tome that feels like the right word for it that he unlocks with a key and it has a green woman's face that immediately credited only as the spirit credited as the spirit and the spirit immediately convinces him to cast spells to essentially bring about the downfall of all living <laughs> Like yeah, to pretty much wipe all joy and care from the world and essentially bring about the apocalypse. So you can argue that this seemingly... is even... I was going to say, you can argue this is even closer to the Marvel Comics Thanos that is obsessed with the personification of death and does everything within his power to impress death. Yes. Yeah. But... Uh, it's also worth noting that unlike that Thanos that uh, is in love with death and unlike the movie Thanos that is concerned with overpopulation, this kid's motivation is that he's a shitty magician. <laughs> and I mean, we've all met a shitty magician that wants to end the world. Right. Like that's that's tales yeah. oldest time. But that's the um, whole thing is he's out. bad at being yeah, he's bad at it, and they laugh at him, and so that's like right. a big motivating factor. And his for him. mentor, Mister Fettuccini, also not a very good mentor. Oddly enough, voiced by Brian George, uh, who's best known as Babu Bot from Seinfeld. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like sure. I don't know why they had um, a British actor of Indian descent voice this Italian uh, magician. Just seems I mean, like he did a great fine job. It was it was a you know good voice acting, but it just seemed an odd choice to me. Well, let me point you back to this month's sponsor, cocaine. 
(laughs) (laughs) I think if you do some lines, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Um, Yeah, and so we have Tenderheart Bear and Secret Bear. Uh, and that's secret bears where I want to quibble with IMDb. Okay. Um, but, uh, they are on earth trying to like spy on Nicholas, the magician to see what he's doing. And somehow the kids get bifrosted up to care a lot. And some of the care bears get sent to, I don't know, limbo (laughs) that's populated by the, (laughs) by the care bear cousins. Uh, that are the other animals that are not at all a marketing scheme and are absolutely necessary to the plot to finish. Because um, they do their Care Bear Cousin call, which is completely different from the Care Bear stare. Yeah. Uh, to help the Care Bears, again, thwart evil at the end. Spoiler alert. Caring wins out after all. Yeah. The the kids, the orphans get parents. The uh, lousy magician kid has a heart to heart with his friends and decides not to murder all living creatures not to end all life on the on earth <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so that's that's the plot um i don't you know i honestly think we could pivot because i think even going into any minutiae is almost pointless but i think the only thing that i, I, w- I think is worth mentioning as a possible reason to malign this is that it's it's a fairly low budget movie by animation standards that looks pretty cheap, I think is worth noting. Yeah, uh, it is. You kind of get that like Hera, Hanna-Barbera background plate repeat thing is very common. Um, the actual like fluid movement of the characters is an outstanding. And yeah, I mean, it's it's. And it's a little like. We talked last week about the uh, Transformers movie seeming piecemeal. I don't know where there are episode breaks in this because this is just one nonstop. Just audiovisual assault. No, I do respect them for that is that I agree with that. I don't think you could break this up because it is these three plot lines that we sort of talked about just all woven together in a true like 90 minute story. Like it, it is not. Like to break it up, like there isn't any natural point and it would be real weird if you were a kid and you just watched like the third part of this, you know, out of context, <laughs> like this, the third right. 22 minutes of this would be very weird to watch. Yeah. Um, it's this movie's so weird. Uh, so I, I guess I want to malign then the Internet Movie Database, who uh, I would say 99 times out of 100 have been a benefit to this show uh, and have been um, added some interesting color. But there is a, a patently false trivia point in the IMDb trivia where it's the very first one. They say the only word Secret Bear says aloud during the whole film is yeah, shouted during the final song. And that's not true because he keeps uh, reminding the one boy, Jason, uh, about the key that will open that will lock the book up to you know lock the spirit away. And so he has several lines throughout the movie and not just that one. Yeah. So, so get it together. Internet. Get it movie together. Database. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think 
we spent 20 minutes trying to figure out this movie, which might be more time than they spent writing this movie. Yeah, I mean, the amount of time they spent writing this movie was however long the cocaine lasted, and then they shot it. Right, and then they immediately shot it. Uh, So, to the idea of a place to start with silver linings, goddamn Carol King and Lou Adler wrote the theme song to this movie. Yeah. Yeah, right? Which, did you read, so you you mentioned the the IMDb, did you see too that there's like... Uh, a bit of I don't know if controversy is the right word but it's I think worth noting that there was a different theme song that then got bumped for this yeah uh, by Helen Christie (laughs) yeah that was called fantasy and that yeah it was written and it was released as a single and apparently the, the the what was it the seven inch vinyl single that was released it had a bunch of artwork to indicate like it was Care Bears. It had like rainbows and clouds and and such. And like it was released as like this is the single from the Care Bears movie and then it was wasn't not. There. So and then it seemed like it was lost to time a little bit. But yeah, it's just worth noting. But it's hard to say that they made the wrong choice because yeah, when you have Carol the, King, the one name, of the best the name recognition of carol king alone plus she is one of the best songwriters of all time like she wrote some of the best like she and james taylor wrote some of his best songs uh the album tapestry is a seminal classic and is just banger after banger start to finish uh if you haven't given that album a listen in a while you should do that it's like good really good driving music you know nice kind of road trip middle of the road it's like nice relaxing just Really great pop music. Um, love Carol King. And when I heard her singing, and I mean, this is Carol King. I don't want to say phoning it in, but this this is she wrote this in as almost as long. This might have been improvised is it's, what I'm saying. It's fair to say that she's collecting a paycheck. I think, you know, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's fine. I think it unequivocally meets the assignment of yeah. you know like it's Care Bear song it's called Care a lot uh the vocals sound good it's a little forgettable maybe but it's it's super uh you know it's pleasing like i i enjoy it right yeah it's um i do kind of want to know if this song fantasy i like i wanted to do that i didn't get a, a chance to do it before the show but like now i'm curious which, I'm just going to assume that it's the fantasy that Mariah Carey released in the late 90s. So Mariah Carey just found the, yeah. the, the vinyl and was like, well, I, I already conquered Christmas, so I might as well take a crack Might as at well this. see if I can make a hit out of this reject from the Care Bears movie. Which, by the way, everybody, look, we all love this song, but take it easy. Like, I, I've seen that already. It's like shooting up the Spotify chart. Just, just... There's time. You got weeks. You pace yourself. Months at this point. Yeah. I mean, essentially a month and a half. A month and a half. Yeah. Like, just, just, you know, you don't want to overdo it. Because I'm, I I mean, you know, I I enjoy Christmas music, but I like to enjoy it like mid-December on is when I'm thinking, you know, I, I fully, fully, you know, shopping centers, malls, things like that. Put it on black friday forward sure but 
you know, it's creeping into Halloween and, you know, it's not, it's too soon. Yeah. I mean, like we've already, the, the conceit of this month is that Thanksgiving We're has been lost. skipping over Thanksgiving to go to Christmas. But yeah. like, just take it easy on the, the Halloween creep as well. Like, cause I did see that, that like pre-Halloween uh, Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you was charting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like some of the other just this movie is relentless, man. It just look it, I, it, it puts the pedal to the floor and it goes. Yes, I think that is a silver lining. And to, to put it definitively, this movie didn't have to go as hard as it did. And it does go that hard. And it, it respect. It didn't have to do that for us. It and it. <laughs> It just, man, like, Any, at some point they're on, a, like, a log ride in a magical tunnel and they meet a raccoon, like, look, I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to be real honest about this, and especially by 80s movie standards. Two orphans, for, like, losing the ability to let other living creatures into their heart and then finding that again. That's a movie. That's a Care Bears movie. That's enough. That's, you know, plenty of films have been built on essentially that, especially around Christmas time, like someone for thinner as a premise. Look, we all love It's a Wonderful Life, but what is it if not, you know, I know George Bailey's not an orphan, but isn't it that hasn't he forgotten how to love and then he remembers how to love? You can make a good movie out of forgot how to love and then remember how to love. Figures out how to. I mean, that is a Christmas carol. Oh, oh, Mary, we got parents. I never thought we'd have parents. parents. <laughs> I'll throw a lasso around these parents and bring them down for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that works. But so I'm saying, though, that Care Bears care. <laughs> you didn't enjoy my magic show, so I'm going to go into this book and destroy humanity. <laughs> Did you hear that, spirit? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, point being that that would have been enough but they didn't stop there they they came up with again i i'd love i would love nothing more to have been in this writer's room like were there factions was there like a orphans who need love faction and uh uh, like no this look i've worked on this care bear show for a long time and if we're gonna do a movie we're gonna do the movie that i've always envisioned which is magician's apprentice destroys humanity <laughs> i think that's where and the that, series has been leading this whole time the clues are there clear. the breadcrumbs are laid out so and, and like there, there's a third faction that's like guys i just i don't know maybe it's the coke talking Everyone, it's the coke talking. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's the coke talking. But I've been reading up on uh, Norse mythology. <laughs> I'm seeing parallels, folks. If we can, like, what if, you know, the Rainbow Bridge didn't work and they had to fix it? What? Or else everyone would stop caring. Boom. That's a movie unto itself. Look, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that all the caribous, they live in the clouds. They all have... Uh, one trait that kind of defines them and they interfere in the lives of humans they're gods they're clearly they gods, are gods like the norse gods and i think that it's time that we embrace that 
Yeah. Tender heart bear, clearly Thor with his love of humanity. <laughs> Being Thor, the look, it's not everyone realizes this, but Thor does have a tender heart. I oh. have always felt that about him. I mean, you know. He, I mean, his love and thunder. That's what Thor's all about. Yeah. Uh, so, I, but yeah, so I think there were these three distinct factions. I'm going to. Well, and then there's the fourth faction. <laughs> Fuck it. There should be things that aren't bears. <laughs> <laughs> what if the bears were monkeys? God what damn if there it, was Carl? like an elephant and a lion? Carl, for fuck's sakes, it's Care Bears. We all signed up for Care Bears, and you've been pushing this Maybe for I don't want to write about bears anymore. I've written every goddamn bear story there is. I want a raccoon. I want a rabbit. Okay, so how's that I different? I want it all. How's that different then? Fine. So now there's a raccoon and a rabbit. What, what do they do? What do they do that's different than bears? Tell us, Carl. So Care Bears stare. Mm-hmm. Care Bear cousins call so they make noise and that's how they spread their love around the world totally different you can't tell me it isn't sounds thin carl i don't know like look can we get back to the rainbow bridge (laughs) (laughs) oh hold on let me just get a bump first and I'll, i'll be right back on that so i think that's what happened is they were all there were these distinct factions i'm assuming it was heated i'm assuming at least several people quit over this that they there, there was like because of their artistic there people vision. that were leaving and they're like oh no francis will be back tomorrow this is just how he is but he didn't come back no and in fact the irony is that francis never loved again no <laughs> never let <laughs> anyone he else did get a tattoo of his personality trait on his stomach <laughs> he did that that day like when yes. he left he was like i'll show them i'll show them who the real care bear is Weirdly, though, uh, it, was just a, the- it was just a pile of cocaine. That's what he got. Yes, just, just a giant white mound on his belly. <laughs> um, and they did all get the matching heart tattoos on their butt. That's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, that that's they don't let you in the writer's room unless you've done that. You have to not show for your Care Bears. They don't. That's- yeah, and weirdly, not for G.I. Joe either. No. Yeah. You got to have a heart tattoo on your butt. Yeah. It's, it started as a hazing thing, but then they were like, well, I don't know. Now it's just now it's tradition. I don't know. This Care Bear movie made 23 million, so they <laughs> must be on to something. Look, if you want to be cartoon Sergeant Slaughter, I don't care if you're already Sergeant Slaughter in the World Wrestling Federation. You got to get the tattoo. <laughs> got to get inked up, brother. <laughs> and that's in order. <laughs> a tin hut. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, this movie is yeah, it's just wild. You know what's it, wild though too is so we can sit here and we can obviously we're having fun with the different threads. But damn it if they don't weave them together. And I mean that sincerely. Like it doesn't feel like cuz we we talked about last month we we talked about the Hellraiser movie that like was very clear it was one pitch that was sort of uh, you know, shoehorned. shoehorned into a different concept. This is three seemingly disparate ideas plus other animals that aren't bears, which I, I is not enough to be a fully formed idea. Clearly, the movie shows that that's just a thing that exists in it. But then there's three different plot lines, but they they do all land somehow. Well, yeah, and I mean, it ties up in a neat bow that 
you know, the the spirit is uh, the evil spirit is too powerful and the Care Bear stare isn't enough. So the Care Bear cousin's call has to help. So that, you know, makes the shameless cash grab to sell more toys within the movie that is within the greater shameless cash grab to sell more toys. Well, because if you're a kid and you have every Care Bear and you think that you're safe, like you're going to safely be able to ward off evil. Well, child with anxiety, let me tell you. If you don't have these other toys, then yeah. evil will consume you. Yeah, you better let mom know that if she wants you to care about doing your chores, she better get you lots of lots of love, elephant and Braveheart, lion and all the other Care Bear cousins. Because otherwise you can go live with Mickey Rooney and get new parents. Yeah. Because and if you forget exactly what it means to be an orphan, Mickey Rooney will remind you every day. As he tucks you in, I'm like, remember, you don't have parents. That's why you live here with us. You live here with me and my wife. But to be clear, we're not parents in any way. <laughs> While we are providing care, we are not in loco parentis. We are just state board caregivers. You are not our children. You are just our legal responsibility. This is a business. We collect income for doing this. <laughs> so we are we are paid handsomely by the state to keep you here under supervision and not on the streets i'm so, i'm sorry tiffany you, you haven't finished your gruel i don't understand is something wrong <laughs> <laughs> did you not get it did did you not understand that that's all the gruel you'll get for the day <laughs> think i'm made of gruel <laughs> <laughs> this gruel don't grow on trees look to be clear and i we've danced around it for long enough but he he's not running a good orphanage right no, he's not a good guy. Like yeah. it, that bedroom looks super cozy, but notice how you don't see any other part of the orphanage. Well, I assume the bedroom is his bedroom, right? Like that's you know, like he's. But there's all the other kids' beds, though. Oh well, okay, so it's their bedroom, but it's like the bedroom's nice. But is that that might be their only room? Yeah, it could be, and they could might not. They might be confined to the bedroom. He also might not. All Muppet Babies. Yeah. Which I'll, don't even get me started on the yeah the woman in charge of the Muppet Babies. There's striped socks. Nanny's running a racket, if ever there was. Yeah, and she's, she's not even watching them. Like she she's so she just shuts out. the door and goes about her business. She is so checked out. Running her OnlyFans page while the Muppet Babies <laughs> are going off and playing Star Wars and stuff, yeah. and using footage from <laughs> classic cinema. Yeah, I mean, she's lucky they're not getting sued, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a topic for our other podcast, exposés on 80s children's cartoons. Yeah. Got it. We're going to come up with a catchier title, but that's the that's the gist. Getting to the bottom of the skullduggery that was going on. What about 80s enough? Boom. <laughs> So now, now that we got the title, I think you be on yeah, the lookout for that one. Step three, profit. <laughs> because all that money that we make from this one, so just double that number. Um, I, I feel like we also have to talk about uh, the Shyamalan twist at the end of this movie. <laughs> yes. Um, that granted, I'm sure we all saw coming, but it turns out that Mr. Cherrywood is Nicholas the boy who tried to murder everyone? Yep. Yeah, which, again, I think aligns with the fact that, like, evil lurks in the heart of that man. I think that they... Oh, he is. 
like he is a dark dark soul that's why you might sit there and you might go like where is this twist coming from but then you're like no no this guy seems like he would wipe out humanity if like one little inconvenience happened in his life yeah if cps comes to his orphanage to do any sort of inspection you better believe he's finding the key to that book and unlocking it and also, it's nice to know that when havoc. he was a boy, he was a magician's apprentice. And now that he's an old man, the only thing he can do is kind of juggle a little bit yeah. while running this orphanage. Yeah, it's probably a good thing you went into the orphanage business and not the magician business. Yeah, well, it's also pretty clear that Mr. Cherrywood has created a cult of personality around himself at the orphanage that the kids are, you know, they've gotten a very tender and loving and caring, uh, you know, good night from Mrs. Cherrywood. But they immediately ask, well, where's Mr. Cherrywood to bid us good night? It's like, oh, it wasn't good enough from Mrs. Cherrywood, who clearly is the one that actually does the heavy lifting at the orphanage. So where is she's being exploited by Mr. Cherrywood? But let's ask the question, too. Where is Mr. Cherrywood spending his days? Not practicing juggling, I can tell you that much. No. Well, that, yeah, he's, he's not doing magic. He's not running an orphanage. What is he doing? Stay tuned to next episode of 80s Enough. <laughs> That's just a little preview of like. That's just a tease. That's yeah. just a tease. A little, little hint. Um, yeah, like this movie was really successful. It was. It made. Uh, what was the, the Disney movie that it, it. The Black Cauldron that almost ended Disney animation as a production venture. But yeah, so the, yeah, this came out the same year as the Black Cauldron made more money than the Black Cauldron, which cost the way like the Black Cauldron lost money like coming yes. out and this cost two million dollars to make. So it made a profit like it made more than the Black Cauldron and uh, made a this made more than 10 times its budget back. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, like this this outpaced a Disney movie, you know, although it was beaten by a re-release of. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Which seems, it seems like a petty move by Disney. I'm just going to say it, that they could have re-released any movie and made money. But what they do, they picked the one with the, the cute animals because they knew the bears took them down and they knew they yeah, needed so to they, remind people that, look, we have stories with adorable animals and murder, just like the Care Bears. <laughs> we can do that too. Yeah. Um, I didn't mention this last week, but I'm pretty sure that the first two movies I saw in the theater were the Transformers movie and the re-release of 101 Dalmatians. Interesting. Um, I can't, I can't say for sure if I had seen others, but those are the two that stick out most. Uh, cause they came out when I was about five years old. So yeah, I think those are the first two. It's funny. I, I don't know what the first movie that I saw. The first movie that I have a memory of seeing was a little bit later is I remember seeing the Tim Burton Batman movie in the theater. Mm. Like I have a like I can actually remember going to that theater. But like I know I must have seen stuff before that, but I don't know what it was. Now, I, I definitely have memories of seeing both. And it always sort of like oddly enough, arguably until I read that there was a re-release of 101 Dalmatians that came out the same year. I was sort of trying to piece together like how I have a memory of seeing 101 Dalmatians in the theater when it was released several years before I was born. 
uh, more than a decade, I'm pretty sure. And I, this explains it. So this solved a major mystery in my life. So if that's not a silver lining, I don't know what is. Yeah, that, that, that definitely is. Like, I know that a lot of times when you were at Mr. Cherrywood's orphanage that it kept you up at night. Like, how did I see this movie that hadn't come out yet? And where does Mr. Cherrywood go during the day? And so I'm glad and you at least how am I going to face another day in this hellscape? Yeah, but like of those three things, I'm glad that one of them is resolved for you. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, uh, when I went to prison later in life and I told them, like, I've already seen hell. I've been through Cherrywood's orphanage. I was immediately the king of my cell block. Yeah, they put you in the Cherrywood gang, right? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in the Cherrywood gang right away. And, you know, that's... Uh, you know, they get respect, the Cherrywoods. Well, and the, the cool thing to put a nice button on this story is then you got a tattoo on your stomach, a prison tattoo. Yes. Um, which, if you want to tell people what that was. Well, it, it encapsulates my entire personality, uh, which is a giant pile of cocaine. <laughs> Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We, we have, have to, to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com.